Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Matt Marshall is our buddy from the Orlando Sentinel. He's coming on the bench to talk college football. How you doing, Matt? Pretty good. How you doing tonight? I'm hanging in, brother. So uh, let's start by talking about uh, Florida State. Uh, I know that uh, you said that they've hit rock bottom, uh, which is uh, pretty obvious now with their situation the last few years. But how about this Willie Tiger getting $17, $18 million to go away? What a deal. And then, I mean, how in God's name, I mean, I'm sure they're going to find a way to pay the next coach. But how do you think they're going to do it? And who can they hire when they have to spend that much money to get rid of a guy? I mean, who are they paying for now? Like the last three or four coaches, what's their tab? About $100 million for coaches they fired in the last five years? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at not just that, but you look at what Willie Taggart, I mean, I, I know his payout was in the range of $18 million, but you also figure the fact they were paying Oregon, uh, you know, part of his payout when he was still at Oregon, and they were paying the, uh, South Florida when he was the payout there as well. So, I mean, you're looking at a situation where they're looking at $20 million just to get rid of Willie Taggart, not including the fact that they're going to have to pay for his coaching staff that's there right now. And then, as you mentioned, bringing in a whole new coaching coaching, coaching staff. So this is a school that came into the year talking about how it was financially strapped, how they were having, you know, problems, you know, with, with fundraising. And now you've somehow managed to pass the hat around to get that $20 million, but it's going to cost a whole lot more to bring in another coach and another staff. And even then, if you decide to go big and go for a big splashy hire, which I think they'd like to do, that's going to cost more money. So this is a program right now that all of a sudden, that's a very costly mistake for them to get rid of Willie Taggart um, and, and go forward. And it's going to be something that could cripple this program for, for the next you know, four or five years. So uh, do you think, because uh, I believe that the, my opinion is Brent Venable is the best choice. Uh, the defensive coordinator at Clemson, A, he's, he's already a hot commodity. B, he knows Dabo Swinney. No one is beating Clemson in that conference anytime soon unless they get a guy like Venables that knows all of his tricks to go coach against him. I mean, isn't that the, a strategy that you would Im- implore here? Yeah, I think you could. You could look at Brent Venables. You could look at a guy like Jeff Scott or Tony Elliott, the, the two offensive coordinators at Clemson as well. You know, Jeff's dad uh, coached at, at Florida State years ago. Um, so, you know, you could he's got a little bit of a tie in there as well. So if you can't beat him, you go out and find the guys who are, who are on their coaching staff, right? So maybe you go out and get some of those guys. I think they would be um, a, a cheaper solution if you're looking for a head coach, maybe. Someone maybe is going to come step in and get a chance to work out. We all know Brent Venables is, is highly regarded uh, as a defensive coordinator, he's paid a lot of money by Clemson. Um, so they have to pay him a little bit more, obviously, at Florida State. And then there's some other names that could pop up here. I mean, you know, you're talking about guys like Mark Stoops. He, he spent some time at Florida State. Um, you know, he's at Kentucky now. Uh, P.J. Fleck, a guy, you know, at Minnesota. He's done great things at Minnesota, Western, uh, you know, Western Michigan. Would he be interested in something like that? Um, and Mike Norvell, to me, I think is an interesting name. You know, a guy at Memphis who's done a pretty good job turning Memphis around. He went – maybe commandeer as much money, you know, as you think of guys like P.J. Fleck or Mark Stoops, but a guy who's offensive-oriented who can come in and maybe do the same sort of thing there at Florida State. So whoever they're going to get, they want to try to get a splashy hire. I'm just not sure if, that, if there's a splashy hire out there to get. 
They're not getting Urban Meyer. They're not getting Bob Stoops. They're going to have to settle for someone maybe like a Mike Norvell or a Brent Venables. Do you think, because uh, there was rumors about Lane Kiffin, I, I don't seriously think they would go there, do you? No, I don't think so. I mean, listen, I appreciate what Lane's done at FAU, but, I mean, there's too much baggage that comes with Lane. And I think that if you're Florida State and you're just coming off this debacle over the last year and a half, do you really then throw a bunch of money at Lane Kiffin and try to get him, you know, bring him in there just for the sake of bringing in a name? Uh, I, I just don't think that happens. I, I think you want to bring in someone who's going to come in, take over the program, take it to the next level, get them back to being a, a top 25 program and competing in the ACC. I'm not sure if, if bringing in Lane Kiffin does more than just bring you name cachet. I honestly don't believe that they can hire someone uh, that they're going to fire in a year either. Uh, they can't keep firing every coach every year. Uh, they're gonna The program's going to go under. They have to hire someone and stick with them for five years. No questions asked. They cannot go through another firing. They're going to become the laughing stock of college football if they're not already. Georgia would have big win over florida over the weekend that was huge they needed that yeah very much so and i think i think georgia just goes to show that you know this is a team that people kind of thought they were you know struggling a little bit you know you saw they struggled against kentucky that was a big win for them you know and it was also helps them establish their their uh you know their grounding in, in the sec east they're looking forward to get back you know to the championship game at some point um and, and you know they've, they've had florida's number the last three years right now so you know it's one of those things that they kind of show they're still above Florida when it comes to the pecking order. You know, Dan Mullen's done a good job there in a brief amount of time at Florida, but he still needs improvement. That program still needs to find an offensive line. They haven't developed an offensive line in four or five years now, and they can't run the football. That's going to be something that's always going to continue to hamper them. Until they do that, they're not going to get back to the SEC championship game. Matt Marshall with us from the Orlando Center. Oregon and Utah still alive for the playoff, and Oregon's probably got more of an edge, don't they? Yeah, they do because of that quality loss against Auburn at the beginning of the season. Think about that. That was a game that they lost on the very, in the very last minute of the game uh, when Bo Nix drove them, you know, Auburn down to win the game. So I think Oregon's got the best shot. Listen, I think what's going to be crucial is to see what happens tomorrow night in the, in the playoff rankings, where Oregon and Utah fall. Those are both top 10 teams when it's all said and done. If they go through the rest of the season undefeated and get to that Pac-12 championship, they may have a chance, the winner of that game, they have a chance to slide in there if there's some other things going on. If the you know, the Big 12, we know it's going to struggle. We know that the SEC might, you know, lose a game here or there. Maybe the Big 10 has a team fall out like Penn State. So there's an opportunity there for the Pac-12 to, to make its statement, as, as, even though the fact a lot of people thought this was a conference that was pretty much dead after about the first two months of the season. I don't even think uh, – I seriously don't even believe that uh, this guy, Clawson at Wake Forest, if he was offered the Florida State job, I think he'd turn it down. I think he's better off at uh, Winston-Salem, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, because, I mean, again, taking that Florida State job, you know, that's going to require you – it's going to take two or three years to get that thing kind of set up. <laughs> Excuse me. So I think it's going to take a little bit of opportunity for them to, to bring in somebody who can kind of step in and, and still take up the job. Wake Forest is a good job for them right now. So um, – and, and Utah, they got a nice rally win over Washington. Do you think they're still alive for a big game? Oh, yeah, I do. I think you look at what, what, what you know, Utah's been able to do. I think Kyle Williams done a great job. Um, again, they don't have nearly as strong of a resume as Oregon, but if they were to go undefeated, win the, win the South, get into that championship game against 
Oregon. I think they'd have an opportunity maybe to make a big statement if they could beat the Ducks and do it convincingly. What do you think of the job this guy's done at Indiana, believe it or not? Uh, we never talk about Indiana football ever on this show. I went to Indiana. Uh, they have been atrocious my entire life at football. But I got to tell you, this Allen guy's got him winning. They're going to a bowl game. They've already won seven games. They're tough. Yeah, they look impressive. I mean, listen, I'm with these guys. I mean, I, I grew up in Indiana, so Indiana football was was non-existent for most of my time that I, I, I lived there. Um, to see them get back there, to see them be able to, you know, be in a seven or eight win team to get to a bowl game, I think that's big news. And I think the only thing that really holds Indiana back in some ways is the fact that they play in the, the Big Ten East division. You know, they have to play against the Michigans, the Michigan States, the Penn States, and the Ohio State. So that's tough for them. If they can always get to seven or eight wins in a year, maybe pull off an upset here and then get to nine, I think that's big news. And I think we know that, you know, Indiana is known for its basketball, but if they could start winning some on the, on the, uh, on the field, you know, I, I think that would help them out a lot. He's done an amazing job, and I think uh, you've got to give a lot of credit for what he's done. Who do you think uh, wins the Penn State-Minnesota uh, game this week? I, I still like Penn State. I think Penn State's playing really good football right now. They've got a solid defense. Um, you know, you, you saw the, the job the offense has been able to do with, with, the, with Steve Clifford. You know, they're putting up big numbers. Um, again, I, I think they're, they're, they're a team that not a lot of people are talking about right now. They will if they beat Minnesota this weekend. That sets up a huge showdown with Ohio State in a couple weeks. That could be a game that could go very far to see, you know, which one of those two teams ends up being in, in the possible in the playoff. I mean, Penn State could wind up in the first playoff rankings. They could wind up being in that top four mix based on some of the teams they play. They could bump a team like Clemson down to five if it's all said and done. All right, I'm under a minute, respectfully. Who do you like, Alabama or uh, LSU? I like LSU at this point right now, just the way they're playing. I think because of the fact that Tua's been hurt and banged up, we need to see how healthy he is, but I, I like the way LSU is playing. So you like them to go to Tuscaloosa and win that game? Yeah, I do. I, wow. I, think, I think, you know, with the offense, I think they're, they're a strong offense. I mean, again, if, if Tua wasn't hurt, and I know we, we don't know what his status is going to be, I, I mean, I think – I think they need to take advantage of a defensive line, too, that Alabama's a little bit weak in that front. So I think if, if they can put some of the pressure, I think Joe Burrow can find the plays and, and, and get the, get the uh, points. But they, it's going to be a tough battle. They were going to win last year, too, uh, in Baton Rouge, and they got whacked 28-0. So uh, let's see what happens Saturday. Great stuff, Matt. Thanks for coming on the bench. I appreciate you. No problem. Thanks a lot. All right, Matt Merchelle with the Orlando Sentinel. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 